Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Welcome this morning to Social Church. It's truly an honor and a blessing to be here. And I want you to get ready to receive God's word this morning. We started a new series last week titled, Why? Somebody say, Why? I have a six-year-old at home right now, and that's his favorite word. <laughs> Everything is why. No matter what you do or what you say, it's always why. And the truth is that sometimes we never grow out of that stage. Sometimes as we get older, our questions become more complicated. Can I get an amen to that? And when it comes to spiritual things and the things of God, I think the questions become even more complicated. Last week, we asked the question or we tried to cover the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm pretty sure that I didn't answer everybody's question. I'm almost like very sure that I didn't answer everybody's question. That's a question that we'll probably never have it completely and fully answered. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? There are so many answers to that. But I think that we were able to understand one thing for sure. And it's that when bad things happen, to us, even though we know we understood we're not good, nobody's good, when bad things happen to us, it's a result of living in a world that is fallen. It's a broken world. That's number one. There's sin in this world. But also, we have to come to grips with the fact that when we do know God, we have put our trust totally and completely in Him. And so when things happen that we weren't expecting or that we did not want to happen to us. We have to just trust. We have to just trust that God is working. That God is doing something. Even though you might not understand it. He is doing something. And the question then when you decide to fully trust in God. Even in the midst of trials and troubles and tribulation, because everybody goes through them. When you decide to trust God completely, we were just singing a song just a little while ago um, that said God, God is good. That he is good. Always good. And I, I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes I have trouble saying that. Because of the things that I go through and the things that I see around me happening. But I've chosen to trust him. And believe that his word is true. Always true. And so when bad things happen, I think that we just have to choose to trust in God and know that he is working in our lives. He's doing something that we might not understand, but he's doing something. And I, I want to tell you this morning, I want to make sure that you get this. If you don't get anything else, God is at work in your life. Do you believe that this morning? Just two or three people, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you believe that this morning for real? Do you really believe God is at work in your life? Even though you might not understand that, listen, God is working. He's up to something. He's doing something. And I could go on about that, man. We, we could probably do a one-year series, 52 messages on that, just that question alone. <laughs> But we don't have that time. We're not going to do that. Today we're going to move into the second message of the series, Why. And I'm going to talk about why don't I always feel God. Has anybody ever asked that question? I mean, we, we, as Christians, we, we know that. And especially, you know, Pentecostals or Charismatics, whatever you want to, you know, 
title it or classify yourself as. If you come to this church, you, you're charismatic or Pentecostal in some way or another, all right? Let's just put it that way. You felt God's presence. You've probably been filled with the Spirit. And you felt it. At some point in your life, you felt it. Even people that don't consider themselves charismatics or Pentecostals, you know, they, they, they feel something when they come to church. They feel something when they pray. They feel something when they read the Word of God. They don't know what it is, but they feel something. And the question is, why don't we always feel because we feel it sometimes, maybe most of the time for you that are super spiritual. But for the rest and the majority, we don't always feel it. Have you, are you there? Have you ever been there where you're like, man, that's me. I don't always feel God. And so what's up with that? And that's what we're going to answer today. That's what we're going to answer today. Next week, we're going to answer the question, why would God use someone like me? Have you ever asked that question? Amen. Man, I, I've, as a pastor, I've gotten that question so many times. And not, a, not just a question. I've, I've gotten that excuse for not serving in church. I'll tell you that much right now. When I ask people, hey, can you help out? Can you volunteer? Can you serve? Can you do something? Why haven't you stepped into doing this or doing that? Oh, it's because... I feel like I'm not ready. Or God can't use me. Well, listen, next week we're going to answer that. If you don't want to be challenged in your calling, don't come next week. I'll tell you right now. Because I'm pretty sure you're going to leave this place challenged. And if you don't step into the calling that God has for you after next week, I'll tell you at least you're going to feel guilty about it. I'm, I'll make sure of that. And then we'll finish the series, Why, on Mother's Day. Come on, can we give it up for mothers? That, that was weak. Come on, can we give it up for mothers? All the mothers in this place. And we have a special day for Mother's Day. We're going to have, for the first time, for the first time at Social Church, we're going to have a drama. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. And then with the message, we're going to finish the series and we're going to answer the question, why didn't God answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Now, I know you don't want to miss that because we're going to learn so much. And I believe that a lot of us are going to leave or finish this series off having understood God a little better than we did coming in. Do you believe that? Can you say, man, that's what I want. I want, I want to know God a little better than what I, knew, what I knew him coming into this. So today I just, I want to be clear again. I'm not going to answer everybody's question. But I do want to offer some biblical context into what we're going to talk about. Why don't I always feel God's presence? Why, why don't I always feel God in my life? And if you're a Christian, you've asked this question at some point in your life. Maybe you're asking this question right now. Why is it that I don't feel God? Why is it? That a lot of times we don't feel God. Father, we ask you to bless this moment, bless this time. Speak to your people. That when we leave this place, we may leave this place full of your presence. Having experienced you. And having gotten to know you at least a little more. We ask you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have your seat. If I was to ask you, how do you know when you feel God's presence? How is it that you know when you feel God's presence? I'm pretty sure that I would get a variety of answers and responses. Some people would say, well, I feel, I know that God is present. Or I feel God when the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Or I feel him, you know, when I get that tingly sensation. Or I feel him when I get this warm type of sensation. Somebody might say this morning, well, I feel him when, you know, I just feel something emotional or some emotion come over me. And no matter what the answer is, I'm pretty sure that all of us would say that when we feel God's presence, we feel it when some sort of emotion takes a hold of us. Amen? Some sort of emotion takes a hold of us. 
Now maybe you're here and you're saying, well, pastor, that's something that I feel, but it's not all the time. And I will tell you this morning, if I was going to give you a thought so that you can have to begin with, is that if you don't always feel God's presence, then you're not alone. If you, if you don't feel God's presence, can I tell you this morning, you're not alone. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're not alone. You're not alone because even in the Bible, the psalmist in chapter 88, verse 13 and 14 said this. He said, but I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why? But then he says in verse 14, why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? And that's just one verse. I mean, go through the Psalms and you'll find many instances of psalmists, of believers that are speaking to God, that are crying out to God, and it feels like God is not there. And it feels like God is not present. It feels like God somehow is hiding somewhere from us. Have you ever felt that way before? You see, in other words, the psalmist is saying, God, why can't I feel you? Where are you when I need you? I don't sense that you're near at times or I don't feel your presence. And today, many of us are wrestling with this question because a lot of us are in a place where we don't feel God. Where we feel like God does not answer us or even show himself to us. And so today I want to give you maybe two reasons for why it is that sometimes we just don't feel like God's presence is there. Two biblical reasons for why we might not be feeling the presence of God always in our lives. And the first reason that I want to give you this morning for why it is that sometimes we might not feel God's presence is that maybe, just maybe, you're over-spiritualizing the presence of God. Maybe. If you can't say amen, you can say ouch to that. But listen, maybe you're over-spiritualizing the presence of God. You're looking for something really big or dramatic to happen in your life. You know, you're looking for God to reveal himself, to come down from heaven. I've said that before. Sometimes when, when I have a hard decision before me, when I have a tough decision to make before me, I'm like, God, unless you don't come down yourself from heaven and appear to me, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to move in this way. Have you ever been there? Sometimes, you know, we don't feel like God's presence is with us because we tend to over-spiritualize God's presence. We tend to over-spiritualize God. And so... God is present many times, but a lot of times we're saying, God, if it's really you, do something big. And you see the people of God, or, or I'm sorry, in the Bible in John chapter 6, we see that Jesus is talking to disciples about who he is as the son of God. He's telling them that he came with a mission from God. And whoever believes in the son of God then will receive eternal life or salvation or something along those lines. And then listen, because the people are listening to him. And this is what they say in John chapter 6 verse 30. They're like, okay, you want us to believe? Then this is what they say. They say, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? They're asking for a sign. They're saying, you, you want us to believe that you are the son of God? Then listen, what sign are you going to give so that we may see it and then believe you? In other words, what is it that you're going to do? And a lot of us find ourselves in that same position with God. We don't experience or feel God's presence in our life because we're telling God the same thing. We're saying, God, you want me to believe? Then show me something. We tell God, God, you want me to serve you? Then God, reveal yourself to me. We're asking God for a sign. We're asking God to show up, to do something before we're willing to step in and believe and even trust in him. We're asking him, 
what, what is it that you're going to do so that I can believe? And so often we tend to over-spiritualize God's presence. We say, I want to feel him more. I want to see it. And, and a lot of times we, we want that big something to take place. But let me tell you something. That if you want to see, the first thing that you have to do is believe. I think that we got it mixed up. We got it turned around. A lot of us are saying, I'll believe when I see it. But God is saying, no, that's not the way it works. First, you have to believe before you can see. And I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here today, but maybe the reason why we, may, we might not be feeling God's presence is because we're over-spiritualizing everything. We're asking God, speak to me audibly. Come on. You, you can relate to this this morning. You probably said, God, I want to hear your voice audibly. Come on. If you're real, come on. Speak to me. Let me hear your voice. Or show yourself to me. Show me a sign, God. If it's you, when I open up the Bible... Let me come up on a verse that will speak to my situation right now. And a lot of times it doesn't happen, you know. It's like they call that Bible roulette, you know, like Russian roulette. You know, we open up the Bible and we're like, yep, right here. This is where God is going to speak to me now. And then it says something that makes no sense. Or something totally opposite to what you want to do. And you're like, nope, try it again. And we're trying to feel God's presence because we're over-spiritualizing it. We're trying to feel it by sensing it, by feeling something, by hearing something, by seeing a big miracle. And I can remember when I was a young Christian, when I was a beginning in the things of God, growing up in a Pentecostal church, listen, you see all these things happening, you know, all these Moves of the Holy Spirit and people sensing and feeling some strong emotions. And so I always felt like when I prayed that I had to feel the same thing. So I, when I would pray, I would go into my room and I would close the door and I would get on my knees and I would put worship music. And listen, I was expecting or I was waiting for something to happen. That I would feel some emotion or feel God's presence in such a way that I would know for sure that he was there. And can I tell you that most of the time that didn't happen. And when it didn't happen, I would get so frustrated. I would get up from my knees after five minutes of not feeling anything. Because that's the other thing. We get on our knees and in the first minute we want to feel God's presence already. We want God to come down from heaven and for something miraculous or supernatural to take place. And the reality is that I didn't feel that. I would get on my knees and I would pray and after five minutes I didn't feel anything and I would get frustrated. I would get up and I'd be like, forget it, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. Have you ever been there before? Because we're trying to over-spiritualize everything. And then at church, I would go to church and you would see people fall out. And people receive the Holy Spirit. And you would hear people speak in tongues or dance in the Spirit. Or do something. And you're like, I want to experience God in that way. And so I would go to church with the expectation, man, I'm going to receive that. But then, listen, not every Sunday that would happen. And there were some Sundays where I would go and I wouldn't feel anything. And I would leave the place disappointed. And somebody would ask me, how was church today? I would say, oh, it's okay. It was okay because I didn't feel anything. And a lot of times that's what we do. A lot of times we tend to over-spiritualize God's presence. And we say, well, I don't feel God. So if I don't feel God, then the service, the service wasn't that good. If I didn't feel God in the message, then it wasn't that great. If my emotions weren't stirred, then God wasn't there. And that's a lie of the devil. I want to tell you this morning, that's a lie of the devil. A lot of us, we might not feel God's presence because we're over-spiritualizing all these things. And maybe what you need to do is start believing before you can actually see. Maybe it's not about what you feel. And maybe it's not about what you sense. Maybe it's about your trust and your faith in God. Maybe it's about. Your faith and trust in God. That's the first one. The first reason why maybe you, you're not feeling God's presence is because you're over-spiritualizing him. Number two, 
The second reason why you might not be feeling God's presence is because maybe you're just simply distracted. Maybe you're just simply distracted. Are you here this morning? Maybe you're just thinking about so many things. Maybe you got so many things on your mind that you are distracted and you're not able to experience him the way he wants you to experience him. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 40, we have this passage of this story that many of us know. And it's the story of Martha and Mary. You know the two sisters. The Bible says that as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. And verse 39, it says that she had a sister called Mary. But here's what Mary was doing. Mary, she was sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to what he was saying. She was sitting at his feet. Listening to what he said. So Jesus was in the house. And Mary was enjoying his presence. But Martha, this is what verse 40 says. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Mary was at his feet. Listening, just listening to what he was saying. And Martha was distracted by all the preparations. If you keep, keep reading, you'll find that Martha, she kind of gets frustrated with Jesus and even Mary. And she tells Jesus, can you tell Mary to help me out? And Jesus tells her, listen, Mary has chosen the best part. Can I tell you something? Sometimes we don't feel God's presence in our lives because we're so distracted with being busy. With being busy. That we can't even tell when he is there. And he is there. But we can't feel him. Because we're just distracted with doing. With acting. With serving. You see, Jesus was there. And yet Martha was so distracted that she missed the moment of being able to enjoy his presence. And this is the reality that for most Christians... They're often so distracted by doing the work of God that they miss the presence of God. So distracted by doing the work of God that you just miss completely the presence of God. And can I tell you that you can serve and you can be busy doing the work of God and it's all just routine. It's all just religious. But there's really no presence of God in your life. You can get to the point where you're so busy doing that you're not experiencing his presence. You can get to the point where you're so busy working for God that you miss the presence of God. And as I was studying this and reading this, God brought this to mind. He said, Christians are so distracted with doing because they are not satisfied with being. There's a reason for why a lot of us keep ourselves busy. We keep ourselves busy. Listen, we try to fill every second, every minute, every hour of our lives with something because we are not comfortable with being alone, with being by ourselves. And so many times we distract ourselves with doing because we're just not satisfied with being, meaning we're not satisfied or happy with who we are and if we were just to stop for a moment if we were just to pause our lives for a minute we would have to really consider who we are without the doing could we be at peace with just being and listen this is the reality as I was reading this article for pastors because pastors Listen, we tend to get into this routine of doing so much that we miss God's presence most of the time. And I'm not speaking for every pastor. But as I was reading this article, the author said this. The main obstacle to love for God is service for God. The main obstacle to love for God 
is service for God. You see, service must come out of his strength and life flowing through us into our lives and our hearts. And so listen, there's a place for effort, but it never earns anything and must never take the place of God with us. Because our efforts are to make room for him in our lives. So a lot of us are so busy doing. We're so busy, so distracted, serving and working for God that we miss God altogether. And you see, you don't have to be simply just distracted with working for God. Maybe you're just distracted with your life in general. Maybe you're distracted with being so busy with other things in your life. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's the children. And you're up and down all day and all week trying to serve everybody and do everything that you don't have time to spend in God's presence. And the main obstacle to being able to experience God and feel his presence is serving or working for God or being busy in something else. There are people that I know, man, they, they can't go a minute without checking into Facebook, looking at their social media, doing something, posting something that they just did, taking a selfie or taking a picture. There are people that just can't go one minute without not doing anything. And I'm not saying that we should be lazy. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do anything. But what I'm saying is that maybe we're way too busy and distracted with doing that we miss God's presence. We miss God's presence. Some people, man, never feel God even though God is there because they're distracted. We've talked about feelings and we've talked about all these things that are, could be happening in your life and the reasons why maybe you're not feeling God's presence. Maybe you're not feeling it because you just are too distracted. Maybe you're not feeling God's presence because sometimes, sometimes you're just way too busy with everything that you're doing in your life and you don't have time to realize that God is there. But listen, can I tell you this this morning? Maybe even you're distracted. Maybe it's that you're over-spiritualizing it. But maybe you don't have to wait to feel it to know that he's there. Maybe all that you need is to trust and to believe that God will fulfill his promise. That God has said that he will be there. And all you have to do is accept him at that word. Take that word to know that he is there. Maybe you're over-spiritualizing it. Maybe, maybe you're just distracted. But whatever reason it might be, can I tell you that you can experience God's presence? Just one person. Can I tell you that you can experience God's presence if you want it? Does anybody here say, I want to experience God's presence? I want to experience him in my life. And if that's you this morning and you say, I, I want to experience God's presence, then I want to give you one thing. That will help you experience God's presence in your life. Maybe not all the time and every time, but I can guarantee most of the time. If you want to experience God's presence, you need to understand this. That you will find God when you seek God. You will find God when you seek God. And this is such good news. Because if you want to know God and you want to experience God, listen, the scripture says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13 and 14, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's the key right there. You want to experience God in your life? I don't know. Maybe you haven't felt God's presence. Maybe you haven't been experiencing it because you're distracted, because you're over-spiritualizing it. But let me give you something that you can do to be able to experience God the way he wants you to experience it. And the way to do it is by seeking him. He says, seek me and you will find me. But even more than that, it's not just seeking God. It's seeking him with all of your heart. If you seek me, God says, with 
all of your heart. It's not some of your heart. It's not part of your heart. It's with everything that you have. It's with all your being, with all your strength, with all that you have. When you seek God with that intensity and that desire where there's nothing more that you want than his presence, God says, when you seek me in that way, then you will find me. Does anybody here this morning say, I want, I want to find God. I want to know God. I want to experience God. Then you got to seek him with all your heart. You got to seek him. Because God delights when we seek him. And he reveals himself to us when we look for him. He reveals himself. God is waiting. Can I tell you that? That God is just simply waiting. He's there. He's available. He is real. He is true. He speaks today. Yes, he does. His presence is real. But we have to be willing to seek him with everything, with all our heart. That's what the Bible says. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show himself to you. He wants for you to know him and know who he is, know his nature. He wants for his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you so that you can experience him when you seek him. Not, not, not as a side gig and not as a hobby. You see, for many of us, Christianity is just simply a hobby. It's something that we do on the weekend. It's something that we do when we come to church on Sunday. And after that, we turn God, God off. It's like we have this God switch. And when, we, when it, Sunday comes, we're like, turn on the God switch. And there's God. All of a sudden, yeah, Sunday, we're worshiping, and I feel God's presence. But we leave this place, and here comes Monday, and we turn that God switch off. And Monday through Saturday, we have no experience with God. You see, if you want to find God, not just sometimes. If you want to experience him, not just at moments in your life, then you have to keep that God switch on all week, every day of the week. You have to seek him, not just as a hobby, not just as a side gig, not just as something that you do when you come on Sunday to church, but as something that, is, that, that drives you in your life to do every single day of your life. That when you wake up in the morning, your desire is, God, I want to experience you. I want to be in your presence. I want to know you more. And I want to focus in on that. Because I, I believe the key here is that when we seek God with all of our hearts, we will find God. It doesn't say that we're going to feel God, but we will find him. And sometimes we're just, we're so focused in on experiencing God in one way. Like we want to feel him. But God is so much bigger than just you feeling him. And you can know God. And knowing God is much more than just feeling God. When you have a relationship with somebody, you're trying to get to know them. And let's say eventually you marry them and you come into a relationship. Can I tell you that being married and having a, a, a relationship in marriage is not just about feeling? Nobody say amen now. It's not just about intimacy. Listen, guys, singles in this place, if you think you're going to get married and then all you're going to do is have intimacy for the rest of your days and every single day for the rest of your life, you're in for the biggest disappointment of your life. Can I get? <laughs> and all the ladies said, And all the men said, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, silence. Really? But here's the thing, that when you want to have a relationship with someone, you know it's not just about the intimacy. You can't get to know somebody by having a white night stand with them. 
You can't get to know somebody by sleeping around with them. You get to know somebody by having conversations with them, by hearing them talk, by knowing what it is that they say and you speaking back to them. You get to know somebody by getting to know how they are like and what they like to do. That's when you get to know somebody and when you get to know somebody in that way, a relationship and a bond is established. And when you have a bond established because of a relationship where you know know somebody it doesn't matter what you feel because you know and knowing is better than feeling and that's what God wants can I tell you this morning it's not about feeling God it's about finding him and knowing him that's what God wants for you to do he wants you to know him We're busy doing, we're busy working. Listen, God wants us to seek him with all of our hearts so that we may know him. And that's why he told his disciples as he prayed in John 17 verse 3, he said, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. Come on, somebody say with me, know you. Say, this is eternal life, that they may know you not that they may feel you eternal life is not that they may feel you God it's that they may know you that's what God wants you to do is to seek him not so that you can feel him he wants you to seek him so that you can know who he is because when you do you find that that's eternal life discovering a truth and a reality about who God is is so much better than feeling him for a few minutes. Because knowing God will keep you and hold you through trials and tribulations. Feelings will not hold you up. Through trials and tribulations, look, can I tell you? Your feelings and experiences of feeling God are not going to get you through trials. It's your experiences of having known him. Of knowing who he is and how he is and what he does. Now your question this morning might be, so then how do I find God? How do I seek God? How do I get to know God? First thing, I'm going to give you three, and I'll finish this morning. If you want to seek God and know him, the first thing that you can do, and there's a combination of these, but the first thing you can do is to seek him through the study of his word. You want to know God? Do you want to know who he is? Come on, can I get an amen? You can answer back. Do you want to know God? Do you want to know him really? Do you want to know who he is? Then open up the word and begin to read the word. Begin to study the word. Begin to dig deep into it. And you might be here this morning, you might say, well, pastor, I, I read the word. I just don't understand the word. Then you know what you need to do? Stop reading the King James Version. Start reading the NIV, and maybe the NIV is still a little too complicated. Read the New Living Translation. Read the Message Bible. Don't complicate things for yourself. Listen, don't, don't try to be so holy and so intelligent and so high and mighty spiritual that you have to read the King James. Because if you don't read the King James, then God won't speak to you. Because doth, doth saith the Lord. Listen, read the Message. Read the New Living Translation. Read a Bible that is simple to understand. And then begin to 
understand what it's saying about God as you read it. Don't read it just to get through a plan. Can I tell you that also? That a lot of times we're reading it because we have this agenda. Oh yeah, I'm doing a devotional of seven days. And we don't care about experiencing or getting out of it what we can get out of it. We're just concerned with finishing it. We're, we're on a one-year Bible reading plan, and we don't, we, we don't care about what we're reading. We're just concerned with finishing the year and being able to say, I read the Bible the whole year, and I finished it. Yeah, my question is, what did you get out of it? Did you understand it? Did you get to know God more? It's not about how much you read. It's not that you get through the whole Bible in one year. It's not that you get through one devotional, a seven-day or 14-day devotional. It's that as you do it, you're getting something out of it. You're understanding what God is saying to you. God is speaking through it. And you're changing because you're getting to know want to know God get into his word and here, here's my here's my here's my advice read slowly slow down slow down you see we, we come with our busyness to the things of God and we read the Bible and when we read it we speed read through it and they were like, I didn't understand it. Slow down. Take it in. What is God saying? Spend time in his presence. Do you want to find God? Listen. You can not only seek him through the word, through the study of the word, through the reading of the word. You can seek him to get to know him through prayer. And you might say this morning, well, I'm not sure how to pray. Can I give you another advice on how to pray? Very simple. I know I don't have time to go into a deep message of this is how you pray the Lord's prayer broken down into segments. But I can tell you this. The best way that I've found. Open up the Psalms in a simple Bible translation. And maybe read a portion of a Psalm, one chapter a day, as you go to pray. And maybe if you read one that doesn't apply to you, skip over it. Go to another one. It doesn't matter. But go to the Psalms. The Psalms are hymns. They're, they're prayers. From people that were experiencing trials and tribulations and trouble just like you and me. And that sometimes and a lot of times didn't understand why those things were happening or why God allowed those things to happen. There's a lot of prayers in it. And here's what I found to be so helpful in my prayer life. I go to the Psalms and I go through them maybe one chapter a day. Maybe a portion of one chapter a day. It doesn't have to be huge. But I take what speaks to me. And then I turn those prayers that other people wrote down for God or hymns. And I turn them into my prayers. I turn them around. If they were speaking to God, I take the same words that they're using. But now I apply them to my life. And I pray them to God like if it was me saying those things. And as you do that, you begin to take in a language, a prayer language that you didn't have before. As you take that in, you begin to pray the will of God and the word of God over your life. You want to seek God? Do you want to know God? Do you really want to know God? Not only do you, do you should, should you seek Him through the Word, you should seek Him in prayer when you get on your knees. Open up your Bible, go to the Psalms, read a little bit and turn it into prayer and cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I seek you. And last of all, number three, and it's not that you do either one of these and not the other. No, it's a combination. If you want to seek God and get to know God, then do it by worshiping God. Worship is one of the easiest ways to go into God's presence and experience God in your life. Not just because of feelings, but because through songs, you have the word 
being spoken over your life. Through song. Listen, there are words. There is scripture. Christian songs. There's words and scriptures that come from the Bible that speak to you in a certain moment. They can minister to you. God can use it to speak. And you can experience God. Yeah, God might never come down from heaven and show himself visibly. You might never hear the voice of God audibly in your life, but that doesn't mean that you can't experience God. Experiencing God is more than just feeling God. Experiencing God is knowing Him. And if you want to know Him, can I tell you something this morning? Start seeking Him. Start seeking Him. Say this morning, God, from this day on, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. Everything I do, I'm going to do it with everything I have. I'm not going to give you what's left over. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to. Can you tell God this morning? I'm not going to give you what's left over. I'm going to give you my whole heart. Today, I give you my whole heart. Come on, stand to your feet, church. I'm telling you this morning, God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to really know him. He wants you to know him. He doesn't just want you to know about him. He wants you to know him. And he wants to reveal himself to you. But today you have to choose to seek him. And if this morning you say, Pastor, that's me, I want to know God more. I want to know him more. I want to experience him more in my life. Can you just lift your hands right there where you're at, if that's you? Come on, all, all the Christians should have their hands raised, I'll be honest with you. Amen. There shouldn't be one Christian here that says, I don't want to know God more. Can you say, God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more in my life. Come on, lift your hands like you really, lift your hands with all your heart. With everything you have. Doesn't matter who's next to you, who's watching. Doesn't matter what you have done. The enemy wants to use condemnation because of your sins and your faults and your downfalls and your shortcomings to tell you, oh, you can't lift your hands. You're, you're a hypocrite if you lift your hands. A devil is a liar. You can lift your hands. If you want to experience God, say, God, here I am. Here I am, God. I want to know you. Yes. I want to know you more. radio you know that the old radio has these antennas and just like a radio today you have to tune it to the right frequency so that you can get the airwaves that are all over the airwaves that airwaves are here right now we just we can't hear anything because we're not tuned in to the frequency of any radio station but if you were to have a radio you could just tune in to a station that you wanted and if you needed an antenna you could move it to try and find the best reception and then eventually you would be able to hear the sound that was already there the whole time but you couldn't hear it because you weren't tuned in to the right frequency. And God is the same way. God is all around us. He is here in this place. You can experience God right now in your life. But you have to be able to tune in to the right frequency. You know how you tune in to the right frequency? You say, God, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. That's how you tune in. When you can put aside all distractions, when you can put aside all misunderstandings 
and you can say, God, today I choose to seek you with all my heart, with all my mind, with everything I am. I seek you today. Come on. If you need God's grace, tune in. Come on, if you need his comfort this morning, just tune in. Come on, if you need his peace this morning, can you tune in? Can you say, God? I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you more. That's what God wants for you to seek him. Don't stop. Don't stop seeking him. Don't stop reading the word. Don't stop praying. Don't stop worshiping. Come on. Even in the midst of trials, you should be able to open up your mouth and give God a worship. Say, God, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. In the good and in the bad. On Sunday and on Monday, I'm going to seek you with everything. Not because I want to feel you, but because I want to know you, God. I want to know you. There it is. God, I pray that we would be a church full of people that desire to know you. I pray right now over every person with their hands raised. I pray, God, that you will put in them a desire to seek you and to want to know you more and more. I pray, God, that you would lift them and raise them up to be a people that seek after you. That we may be able to know your will. That we may be able to know your heart. That we may be able to know your voice. Glorify yourself right now. Over each and every person in this place. Let them experience you in their life. Not by a feeling. But by a knowing. Knowing that you are real. That you are true. Because you say it in your word. And your Bible says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's not a sign that will set us free. It's not a miracle that will set us free. It's the truth of who you are. It's knowing you, God. Knowing you sets us free from the bondages of sin. Knowing you and who you are sets us free from the lies of the enemy. I declare, Father, that today every person in this place will be able to begin a journey of knowing you, of seeking you, and knowing you more and more each day. I ask you this in your name, and we pray this. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, if, if, that's, for, if that's for Jesus, you can do better than that. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.